As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines. Coming at you on Wednesday, January 25th, 2023. And today we start our months-long trek as we sprinkle these episodes in of reviewing every film nominated for Best Picture tie. Today we are reviewing... I didn't know we were doing all of them. The Banshees of Inisherin. We finally figured out how to pronounce it. I, you fucked Inesherin. that up. Inisherin. Yeah, it was Inisherin. Inisherin. Banshees of Inisherin. I will still refer to it as the Banshees of Ed Sheeran. Okay. Because that makes a lot more sense to me. This is based on an Irish island, Ed Sheeran. He's Irish. Is he? I think so. Are you just guessing because he has red hair? He's definitely European. (laughs) (laughs) I'm confident saying that. Uh, He's English. Apologies. Do you think his name's close enough to Ed Sheeran? He could maybe uh, have a lawsuit on his hands? No. No, I don't think so. (laughs) Uh, We're reviewing the Banshees of in Escherin, a movie that's getting a lot of best picture buzz that has been nominated. The nominees have been announced, Ty. So before we uh, dive into that, of course, we can uh, comb through all the nominees for all the different Academy Awards and talk about those and preview some of the movies we're going to watch as part of our best picture trek of reviewing every movie. Yeah, uh, it's it'll be again. I didn't know we were doing all of them. So we got a hands full here. I'm excited. Look, Banshees of Ed Sheeran, a movie about two best friends. We'll hear Tyler's synopsis when he reads it. But just know this podcast is probably going to be more entertaining than the movie itself. Oh, oh there's a tease. Let's get into the show. 60% of the time, it works every time. John Stamos. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. I don't feel so good. Smash! I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> Okay, Ty, the nominees for all the Academy Awards. The 93rd Academy Awards? Sure. I believe it's 93rd. Um, The 93rd or 4th Academy Awards have been announced, and um, I would like to thank the Academy, first and foremost, for releasing these on a Tuesday so we could actually talk about it on the pod. Wonderful time. Because usually stuff like this is released on Thursday, 
and then we have to wait a full week and it doesn't have the same buzz. Yeah, and we just kind of forget about it and it's everyone's already had the conversation. Of course, the Oscars March 12th, 2023, some significant uh, things are happening in that time frame. You might be a father on that day. Yeah. Uh, the time was also changing that day. So, No um, shit. Here comes the sun, literally. Wow. Yeah. Riley said that joke earlier. I'm totally ripping her off. Nice. But as we've <laughs> mentioned on the podcast, um, there could be an intersect where you became, become a father and the ultimate pinnacle of dad movies, um, Top Gun Maverick, becomes an Oscar winner because it is, it is officially a nominee yeah. for Best Picture, they, Ty. They're in. Um, they fucking made it. I, I wasn't surprised by this. I kind of was expecting it to get a nom. Um, what was your, as the Top Gun Maverick super fan you are, what mm-hmm. was your uh, reaction to this? I, I Look, I put it in the group chat. I put the Kobe meme. Um, job's not finished. <laughs> what is there to be happy about? <laughs> Just a, a nom's not enough? This is where they should be. Okay. okay? Because like they're going to fucking win. <laughs> I like it. Um, now, I don't know if the year is pretty thin when it comes to like artsy quote unquote movies or if we're just seeing better movies now because there's i guess only two three films that have been nominated now because we've oh no three films before banshees of in sharon ed sheeran uh, that we've seen nominated for best picture that is top gun maverick everything everywhere all at once and uh avatar the way of water so if you want to know what we think of those movies perhaps their chance of winning best picture uh you can go check out those reviews um but on top of those three we have women talking which is starring francis mcdormand from um that one movie that wasn't very good that one best Nomad picture two Land. years ago nomadland um we have triangle of sadness a movie i've not heard of actually until the other day i think we might have brought it up on the podcast actually last podcast uh the fablemans which is the steven spielberg like kind of biopic kind of uh, kind all, of, qu- kind all of biopic, kind of. <laughs> all quiet on the Western Front. Elvis, which was a shock to me. Yeah. Um, and Tar, which is a um, I thought foreign film, and then Riley listened to the pod last week and said I was wrong. Um, hand up, that's on me. I thought it was foreign because it had the little thing ap- above the A, the little apostrophe thing. Yeah, that can't be. It can't be local. We don't use that letter. I, <laughs> I that was. Um, it's starring Kate Blanchett. It's written by Todd Field. That feels like an American name. Well, that's as white as it gets. That screams like uh, where is where is the Field of Dreams field set at? Oh, Indiana. Is it Indiana? I think so. Nebraska. That feels right. Nebraska. Todd Field feels like his ancestors, like just popped up one day in the state of Nebraska. They didn't migrate from anywhere. Todd Field. Uh, he's from Pomona, California, actually. Shout out oh, to P- Pomona. Yeah. That's pretty close to us. Um, so those are the best picture noms. Of course, we're going to review all of them, including the Banshees of Inesherin today. Was there any other takeaways you had from this, Ty? Any snubs? Well, um, I haven't seen enough to know of any snubs. But I will, just touching on your point of um, are we just watching better movies or different movies getting nominated? Going back to 2022 uh, nominees. Which okay, but that was COVID. Come on. 2022? Last year, the last like three years, I feel like have all been kind of impacted by COVID. But continue your point. Sorry. Don't look up. We definitely watched without watching for Oscars. Yeah. Dune. We definitely watched without watching for Oscars. Um, King Richard. Maybe. Maybe not. We definitely watched it, but I think it's because we there was so much buzz around Will Smith's performance. So okay. And then Coda. Uh, it was definitely because of Oscars. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it's it a, it a decent little balance there. Going back to this year. No snubs. You don't think Babylon got snubbed? Um, look, man, I just I would hope the Academy 
would have the respect for it the way I do. <laughs> they don't. And that's fair. I can understand that. Um, I don't really remember. We went through our movie list of like what we've reviewed this year. Like there hasn't been a lot of like really strong standouts. I feel like. Yeah. Like just going back and like looking at shit, the Batman, that would have been a sick best movie. Nom. <laughs> I could have seen with how artsy it was and serious yeah. like that feels like one where it could have made it. Yeah. But then after that, like that's the big movies. Ah, oh, fuck Jay. What? I have I have a note um, that I was supposed to remind myself that the Northman was going to oh, get nominated for best you, picture. You, I, that was going to be my last point of all the nominees. I was going to go through the whole thing and then remind you that you said Northman is a that's a snub. <laughs> I think I think realistically, if they had an Oscar campaign, they make it. I just think they forgot that they made that movie. Mm. And oh, there was no Oscar campaign. That's your take. It's all politics. That's your take. Got the Academy it. Award. It's just who's you know putting the most money in their pocket to show off their film. I know um, RRR is a very popular movie. I think got snubbed. Maybe it would have got nominated for Best Foreign Film. I'm not sure, but it obviously didn't get Best Picture. Um, and I know The Woman King is the one that a lot of people are talking about being a snub, uh, not only for the film itself, but for Viola Davis's performance in The Woman King. So that feels like the most popular snub right now. Haven't seen the film yet. Can't comment on it. Um, yeah. Moving on, Best Actor, Brendan Fraser, The Whale. He's been like the heavy favorite for months now. Um, we also have Austin Butler as Elvis, Colin Farrell and The Banshees of Ed Sheeran, which we're reviewing today, Bill Nye from Living, and Paul Meskel from After Sun. Haven't even heard of these two performances, the last two. So yeah. kind of thin best, asker, best actor there you go. field today, this this year. I think it's because the Will Smith slap. Maybe they don't want any like big, big names. Oh, they're trying to keep it down. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, it does feel like this is like they had to add in these other people. Like I haven't heard anything of those performances or whatnot. Except for, like, Austin Butler just feels cringe at this point because he's still talking like Elvis. <laughs> but I think, I, think I, about it. He, that's how he's going to sign off his, his win if he wins. Thank you very much. Well, he's actually going to say thank you, thank you very much, but just in his old five years ago Austin Butler voice, and that's how he'll snap out of it. Oh, that's when the it. performance is done once he gets his award for it. Got it. He's staying fucking committed until past the Academy. Uh, best Actress. Andrea Riseborough from Two Leslie, Michelle Williams from The Fablemans, uh, Kate Blanchett from Tar, Ana de Armas from Blonde. Um, she's kind of come out of like she's come out of a, a canon here. Ana de Armas, um, just kind of like a somewhat recent person on the scene, is she not? Or am I confusing her with someone else? Mm, Ana de Armas was in Knives Out back in 2018. So, I'm I mean, confusing been... her with someone else. I will be honest. Uh, the person I was confusing her with is the uh, girl that's in. Um, the West Wednesday Side Story. Movie? Oh no, different girl. Yeah, the West Side Story girl. She came from musical theater and like she got best supporting actress last year. That's who I thought she was. Apologies. I'm just stupid. Yeah. Um Anna Darmus in the Gray Man. Mm. Wish she would have got bad nominated movie. for that role. And Michelle Yo. Yao, Yo. Um apologies. Yo. I'm bad with name pronunciation. Uh everything everywhere all at once. Happy to see that. Best original song. We don't really have to dive in. Lady Gaga, she's back nominated again. No Billie Eilish. Rihanna, yeah, for the Black Panther song, Looks so that's up. an interesting one. Uh, best animated feature, we have Turning Red, which we reviewed, the Pixar movie from this year. Um, I believe there might have been two, actually. Uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which we have reviewed Pinocchio. but haven't released from the vault yet. Yeah. It might get released from Tucked the vault. away. Who knows if we thought it deserved this? It, it might get released from the vault when it win, potentially wins best animated feature when Tyler becomes a father and we have to take a week off. 
Um, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, which we reviewed. The Sea Beast, haven't heard of. And Puss in Boots, The Last Witch, which was a movie reviewed two, three weeks ago and was uh, pretty contentious, I would say. Not contentious. You were just wrong. That's just what it was. Uh, prior, once I watched it, I enjoyed it. International feature film. There's no triple R. Who cares? All Quiet on the Western Front is on there, though. That is a uh, Best Picture nom. Best Director, we have Mark Martin McDonough from The Banshees of Sheeran, as well as the director for Tar, Triangle of Sadness, Everything Everywhere All at Once, both Daniels. Would both of them win? No. Are they a dual nominee? Do they count? You, or do they just give it to one of them? You can't say, like, that makes no fucking sense. I'm thinking Google has this wrong. I got to go down here. They are a team. Yeah. I figured. I figured. And uh, Steven Spielberg from The Fablemans. Best Supporting Actress. We have uh, both the Everything, Everywhere, All at Once actresses. Jamie Lee Curtis, Stephanie, I believe you pronounced her last name, Sue. Could be incorrect there. Um, I think Jamie Lee Curtis's uh, all the buzz she's getting for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once is the most overrated buzz I've ever heard in my life. I don't know why she's getting this much buzz for that performance. It wasn't very good, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, that being said, it was better than uh, the girl from um, Power of the Dog last year, So, who actually I think won oh, the award. Oh, fucking Mary Jane. Yeah. Watson. I don't, even, I don't even know. Uh, Carrie Condon from The Banshees of Ed Sheeran. Angela Bassett from Black Panther Wakanda Forever. She got it. Round of applause to her. Uh, we talked about it when we reviewed Black Panther that we hope she gets it. And the most deserving. She might win. The most deserving um, on this list. And I believe Hong Chow. Hong, I think that's how you pronounce it, from The Whale. Another mm-hmm. film we'll review at one point. Look, we, we've seen most of those. Yeah. Angela Bassett better fucking win. That's my only comment. Unless The Whale blows us away, which it might. It feels like that the side character isn't the main character in that movie, though. Fair. Best Supporting Actor. We have Brennan Gleeson and Barry Kehogan from The Banshees of Ed Sheeran. Uh, Judd Hirsch from The Fablemans. Brian Tyree Henry from Cause- Causeway. Tyree Henry. Brian Tyree Henry. What's mm-hmm. the guy's name in The Fast and the Furious? Isn't his name Tyree? I don't know why I'm getting Tyrese. I think that's just Gibson. his name. No, I don't think that's right either. Um, and uh, K. Hu Kwan from Everything Everywhere at Once, who won the Golden Globe. So happy for him. Live action short film. Who cares? Oh, it is Tyrese Gibson. <laughs> Best original score. Babylon. There you go. Woo! They better um, fucking win, too. Another Banshees of Ed Sheeran. Everything ever all at once. The Failed Mints. A lot of the same movies. Banshee. That's kind of how the Oscars always is. I, but, hold on. I'm going to stop here. We're going to get to it later. Mm-hmm. The Banshees of Ed Sheeran does not deserve to be in this category. It's on a different fucking planet from the score in Babylon. <laughs> different fucking planet. Meaning it's way better. Way worse. Way well, worse. there's got to be a worst of the five. Way worse. Best documentary feature, whatever. Best cinematography. No films we've actually seen. Oh, wait. No, no films we've actually seen. Empire Light, All Quiet on the Western Front, Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths. That seems like we probably shouldn't have given out a 20 for cinematography this year, if that's the case. <laughs> Elvis and Tar. Best adapted screenplay. Top Gun Mavericks in there, baby. Mm-hmm. So is Glass Onion. Knives Love Out Mystery. That. Happy for them. Love that. Production design, Babylon made it there. So Let's did go. Avatar, Elvis, some other films. Best costume design, Babylon also Let's made go. it. There you go, Ty. So did Black Panther, everything all, everywhere all at once. Elvis, a lot of the same movies. Original screenplay, we got everything everywhere all at once. Ed Sheeran and the rest of the best picture noms, honestly. Triangle Sadness, Fableman's Tar. Um, visual effects, Top Gun Maverick, it's on there. It's not going to win. I just, come on. VFX, you got Top Gun, Black Panther, All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, and The Batman. The Batman got an Oscar nom. Avatar is going to win. Come on, Ty. 
They literally had to wait to make this movie because the technology wasn't advanced enough yet. Imagine if they don't, though. Imagine <laughs> if they just say, fuck you, James Cameron. Tom Cruise wins. Yeah. Uh, Top Gun Maverick wins. I mean, I just don't know. I keep thinking that the whole movie is just Tom Cruise. Um, That's fine because for best film editing, uh, Top Gun Maverick's on there. Just give them that. I was going to say if Top Gun wins best visual effects over Avatar, they walk up, they accept their speech, and they said, we also waited blah, blah, blah years to make our movie, our sequel. They waited way longer. This is the battle of the sequels, Avatar The Way of Water and Top Gun Maverick. Way longer. Film editing. eh. I actually think um, everything ever all at once should yeah that one's the way they the practical things they use with editing and stuff i think um deserves some things then we have like makeup best sound all these stuff we don't really care about i never understood best sound versus best i don't know but i feel like the batman's got to be there for best sound am i not like that whole movie was like thunderous and counterpoint top gun maverick all you're hearing is jets you're going to make a case for Top Gun Maverick for everything. It deserves to win many awards. So no Northmen. Yeah, real bummer there. But what out of all the films, I mean, obviously we haven't seen any. Do you think there's like one film that seems like it's going to run away with the most awards? I know you're going to say Top Gun Maverick, but... Everything, everywhere, all at once. You think so? They're nominated in every... Everything. Yeah. Best picture, best actor, best actress, best supporting actress. Yeah. Editing... And it's a rare, really good movie that's actually enjoyable. Directing. Yeah, no, they f- it feels like they deserve to win a lot of awards. Fair enough, Ty. And just looking at the competition um, for, like, the best, like we said, the best picture and stuff. Like, they're up there. Fair enough. Um, acor- I think they should probably finish second for best picture. According to Entertainment Weekly, of course, these things change. At one point, Coda was, like, a 25-to-1 betting odd. Um. Oh, actually, I can look it up that way. That's a good way to look it up. 2023 Best Picture Betting Odds instead of um, – here we go, Vegas I, Insider. I believe baby. the Fablemans is the favorite right no. now. 2023 Best Picture Odds, according to Vegas Insider. Everything Everywhere All at Once is the favorite, and it's a minus favorite, minus 140. That's heavy. That's a heavy favorite. Banshees of In- 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 Sharon 175. The Fablemans, plus 500. Top Gun Maverick. Is 10 to 1. I like those odds. And then it jumps way up to Avatar is 28 to 1. Tar is 35 to 1. So um, this was last updated yesterday. So. Hmm. Okay. I like 10 to 1. We can work with 10 to 1. You want to put in a bet? No. If my bookie accepts, I mean, um, FanDuel, not my. um, Nice. Yeah. If they accept (laughs) uh, best picture bets, Ty, I might just put a little sprinkle $20 on Top Gun. And if it wins, just shoot you a little surprise, a little gift. I'm fine with that. A little podcast gift. I'm fucking fine with that. We've made some money on our Anchor advertisement. Maybe we should just put all of that on Top Gun winning Best Picture. <laughs> That's an investment option. <laughs> That's a way to spend our money. Um, I'm looking at these favorites. I'm trying to see if there's any other notable ones. Um, ah, they, they don't have all like noise and sound and all that. Um, other than Brendan Fraser being the Best Actor favorite at minus 165. Spielberg is uh, best director favorite minus one forty. Actress is Kate Blanchett for Tar minus one ninety five, and that's all they have. So, hmm. just those four. Um, yeah, there we go. Now, I'm gonna go back here. I want your opinion on one because it feels like one could go any direction, and I don't hear odds on it. Best animated feature, Jay. We've reviewed four of these. Uh, do you think the Sea Beast takes it? 
Which movie do you think gets best animated? Um, well, without giving it away, a podcast that's not even out yet, I think it has to be Pinocchio. Mm. Okay. I think, you think it beats out Marcel and Puss in Boots. Yeah, Marcel's really, really good and really, really enjoyable and heartwarming. But like, it's pretty artsy. It is, but Pinocchio, obviously, with the stop motion, there is just like so is Marcel. Marcel's also stop motion, but yeah. one there's kind of levels to this. Like, you know, I think Pinocchio is at a much higher level in terms of just stop motion art. Um, it's got Guillermo del Toro, who's already like in favor with the Academy. He's already well respected. Um. It took an adaptation, a, a movie that's literally been a source material that's been adapted into dozens upon dozens of films across dozens of countries, maybe not dozens, but various countries, and it's probably the best one 140 years after the book came out. Okay. Um, and I, as much as I like Puss in Boots, I think I, I just think Pinocchio, it ha, it's good enough, and it has the artsy Oscar butt. You know, it's got that combo. Okay. Now, counterpoint for Puss in Boots, already a part of a franchise with an Oscar-winning film in Shrek 1. First ever uh, Best Picture winner. Best Animated Picture winner. 2002. And Best Adapted Screenplay, Shrek 1. Yeah. You know what the best... That's a fucking trip. (laughs) You know what the first... um, Let me look this up before I um, get it wrong. The first animated movie to be nominated for Best Picture, Ty. I think I know what it is. Oh, it's not what I thought it was. What year? Give me a year, and I'll give, fire off the answer immediately. 1991. <laughs> wow, that's a while ago. Spirited Away. Beauty and the Beast. I know. I, what I meant to ask, the first Pixar movie to be nominated for Best Picture. I'm not going to give you a year on this. Yeah, that would help a lot. Which Pixar movie do you think would be? I'm not giving you a year. I don't fucking... Yeah, obviously, you jumped to, like, Toy Story in 98. That's your answer? Yeah. No, Up, 2009. Really? Yeah, most mid Pixar movie ever. That's when Pixar. Not true. That's when Pixar started going downhill. Is with up. Not true. The rest of the movie doesn't live up to the first ten minutes. The first ten minutes are great, and then it's just a boring adventure movie after that. Sorry, I said it. You shouldn't have. You shouldn't have said it. It's a bad take. <laughs> it's a good movie. It's heartbreaking, emotional. Deals with tragedy, the loss of a loved one, all in the first ten minutes. <laughs> what happens after those first ten minutes? They go on an adventure. <laughs> It turns into Onward, a worse Onward. Okay, let's just chill out there, my guy. <laughs> you get Doug. Doug doesn't show up till halfway through the movie. <sighs> Ty, you want to jump into the Banshees of Ed Sheeran and give us an in, in a Sharon, Ed Sheeran, and give us a synopsis? <clears throat> Within the Lines would not be possible without Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and has been how we have made our podcast for over two years now. Anchor has everything we could need to make a podcast. And if you were thinking about starting your own podcast, you definitely should take advantage of their resources. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. We have fancy mics. You don't need a fancy mic to use Anchor. When hosting on Anchor, you can even distribute your podcast to listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you want to listen to your podcast. Anchor does that work for you. You think me and Tyler are smart enough to figure this stuff out by ourselves? Absolutely not. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And of course, the best part, because me and Tyler are cheapies, Anchor is totally free. Anchor's been great for us. It's been what we have been using. Um, We highly, highly recommend it. And if you were thinking about making a podcast yourself, we encourage you to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Let's get back to the pod. Set on a small island in Ireland, a small town man is shocked to find that his lifelong best friend no longer wants anything to do with him. 
the Banshees of Anishirin. Is that your synopsis? Because yep. that felt plagiarized. That's, I feel like I've seen that same synopsis. It's a pretty basic fucking story for this movie, so I'm sure you have. Didn't even remotely glance at one heading into this. This is... Uh, it describes the film. I'll give you that much. Like, I'm not trying to say it's inaccurate, but probably your worst one yet. I agree, because there's really nothing to work on. Like, <laughs> here. Pretty vanilla, pretty dull tie out of you. I would agree. I think it perfectly reflects, like a synopsis should, the movie. The Banshees of Inisherin, 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, 76% audience score. Yep. Starring the likes of Colin Farrell, who we mentioned. Brendan Gleeson, who we mentioned. Carrie Condon, who we mentioned. Barry Keoghan, who we mentioned. Yeah. And a bunch of lesser name out, name actors we don't really need to dive into who we did not mention. Um, Brendan Gleeson, formerly of um, the greatest movie of all time fame, Paddington 2. God damned. Movie we still have not seen. Yeah. He's in Harry Potter also. Plays yes. a dude missing an eye. Yeah. Riley asked, is that a uh, mad eye moody? Is that his said, name? What did you say? Yeah, I just looked it up right now. That's the only reason I knew it off the top of my head for the pod. Alistair Mad-Eye Moody. Is that Mad-Eye Moody? Why does Riley sound like a grandma now? I'm, you're making her sound that way. Speaking, I couldn't tell you. Speaking of grandmas, have you seen the clip? Total left field here. Okay. The husband hollering competition? No. For, oh. What's it from? Oh, I got to show you. It's like a county fair in like Tennessee or something. I don't husband know. Husband hollering? And it's just a bunch of wives like, Gerald. Gerald, uh, we're gonna be late, Gerald. And it's like they're they're who can holler. It's like a competition of which person's husband wants to kill themselves more. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's wonderful. But this one girl's like, oh, da, 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 da. like it's what? so funny. It's <laughs> so good. Fuck? It's so. I'm gonna show you after the pod. That's it's fantastic. Great. I will say, Mr. Brendan Gleeson, um, Mad Eye Moody. Yes, he's got to he's got to be up there for actors with the highest gap. In between two movies on Rotten Tomatoes. He starred in Paddington 2, which has a 99%. Also, 20, second highest score you can ever get. 2016 Atlantic with 100. Oh, not even his number one. And then uh, 2006 A Tiger's Tale at 14%. There's got to be a bigger gap than that. That's a big fucking gap. You know who probably has 14% a bigger... is very hard to get, and 100 is almost impossible. Okay, are we counting that 100, though? How many reviews does it have? If it's like 100 with like two reviews. He's a narrator. I'll tell you right now. I click on it and it says 404 not found. <laughs> so I think we have to count 99. 99 to 14. That's a 85% difference. Yeah. I know who probably has a di- bigger difference. Oh, something's wrong with Rotten Tomatoes because this person's um, page isn't working. Who? I don't want to get Barry. I don't want to give it away, Tyler. Here we go. All his movies ranked. This person's ranked. This person's top movie is 100. Their bottom oh, movie. Is it, uh, is, it, is it Mustache? Is it Mustache, the murder mystery man himself? <sighs> what was the percent to beat? 85, I think you said you're giving it. 14 to 99. Well, this actor goes from 100 to 15, so it's exactly the same. Oh, shit. Tom Hanks. Oh, what's 15? The Bonfire of the Vanities from 1990. Okay, but I will say, you're just ignoring Mr. Gleason's 100 at the top there. You're just not giving him credit for that. He's at an 86. But when you look at his best, highest-rated movies thing below him, it doesn't even show Atlantic. It shows Paddington 2. Let me scroll down. It absolutely shows Atlantic at 80. No, but if you're right under his picture where it says highest-rated movies, it's not right there. So I don't know if it counts. 
I don't know either, but <laughs> it's a big fucking gap. And he's just a narrator. Does that count? Okay. This movie. Oh, could Rotten Tomatoes just hit me with an internal server error. Too many people are looking up Mr. Gleason's filmography. <laughs> um, look, Ty, Banshees of Anishirin. This is a film I was very excited for. Mm. It's got our guy in it, Colin Farrell. Um, it's about two best friends who don't become friends anymore. We're two best friends that have been best friends for a long time. Yeah. This uh, is a future us. Ty, if I just stopped being your friend out of nowhere, how would you feel? Um, Probably similar to how Mr. Farrell feels in this. You'd be pretty sad? Yeah, probably. Oh, nice. I I'd probably was... keep bugging you until you start cutting off some fingers. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, I was telling Ryan, I was like, I don't care if Tyler doesn't stop. If just Tyler just stops talking to me. Yeah. I did, yeah, I okay. did say that. That makes sense, then. This, this would be our two roles in this. You would be the guy to stop being friends with me. <laughs> um, Yeah, I was excited for this, and I didn't know what to expect. I didn't really, like, watch anything of this. Like, I didn't watch any trailers or anything. And, look, this felt like a film, without giving away my score too much, that I would be forced to watch in a classroom somewhere. Um, Oof. And that's not a good thing. Yeah, it's... It was been had like everything that I've seen is like it's a very very funny comedy, and while like it is a comedy with a lot of dry humor, it's so fucking boring. Yeah, it's so boring. And I'm like, you have a dry comedy, I, you need to keep me locked in somehow. And like I laughed throughout this movie. Don't get me wrong, but when I'm not laughing, I'm I'm fighting the urge to fall asleep. No, no, don't. You were losing that fight. I was. I dozed off probably five times, like legitimately had to wake myself up, woke up to find spoiler alert, someone dead at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, what the That's fuck the happened? Film. Yeah. Barry Keoghan. Yeah. Dead as hell. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He, he did die. He drowned in a lake. I was shocked. This is just, it's, I don't know. I don't, I don't get why so many like non- snobby critics love this so much i don't get it either man and the audience is still relatively high at 76 percent yeah i there's parts of this that like i'm fully going to give it credit for because it does some things very 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 well i don't know if i put that many varies but continue okay we'll we'll get there (laughs) um but the movie as a whole it's just a fucking snooze fest and like that's like I I don't get it because like I laughed I chuckled throughout. There's a lot of very funny lines and like good line delivery. Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. story though, it's just like give me something else to fucking want to watch. Yeah. Let's jump into it. Plot slash story tie. Since you're talking about the story so much, um, I want to know your your score for this since you're kind of already leading the charge here with this conversation. Plot slash story again. We get it's two friends. One man no longer wants to be his friend. Uh, he's coming towards the end of his life, um, which you kind of realize that's why later on in the film. And he just doesn't want to waste time talking about bullshit and just bullshitting with this guy. He wants to make art mm-hmm. and enjoy, you know, do things that will last and be remembered for. And he feels like that isn't happening currently and he doesn't want to waste any of his remaining time. And And then other stuff kind of happens on the island for a while. And then Barry Keegan dies. And then this guy cuts off all his fingers. Gets his house burned down. Kills Colin Farrell's donkey with his fingers. With his finger. One of the five that he chops off. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, I... 
I don't know. This is hard. Like, I respect the overall theme of what they were trying to do. I get that it was supposed to be like a reflective, like, you know, this guy's battle with, you know, feeling like he hasn't done shit and lived a pointless life and wanting to do Leave something a legacy. Exactly. Leave and the a other legacy. guy just cares about the connections he's making along the way. Baby. And he doesn't give a fuck. He said, no one remember. you know, I don't know who the fuck Mozart is, but I remember me mom. Great yeah. line. Yeah. Very funny line. A great line. He just doesn't give a fuck. He just wants to be liked and loved and enjoy his time with the people he cares about. Yep. And you have the, the battle of those two ideologies literally facing off between these two friends. Yep. Um, you also have a real dickhead cop thrown in there. I finished somewhere. It's it's very like what they were trying to do is very, very good. The execution of it is is not. So I landed right kind of in the middle at a nine. Mm. A nine. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty low, Ty. It is. I don't... The way you're saying that, I feel like you wouldn't even lower, but... Like, the overall theme of it, I think, is really, really good, and I like what they were trying to do, and I, I'm sure that is why it is getting so much buzz. I just don't think they did it good. Yeah, there's an overall theme here that you touched on already. Don't really need to explore that much more. The story itself, though, like you said, kind of boring. This felt like the kind of movie... Maybe it would have been a good book. If you're like inside of Colin Farrell's mind okay, and he's telling it first person and you're reading it and you get to imagine all these things. And maybe when they wrote this screenplay, they were like, wow, this jumps off the page. And then when they actually turned it into something you watch with your eyes, it's like, oh, this is actually kind of boring. When you're not riding along with the character first person, you're not in the driver's seat. It's not as entertaining. I don't know. That's just how I see it. I could see this being like an entertaining book because you have books like this where like stuff like this happens. Um, there was the overall themes I understand. And there's also some like deeper meaning stuff. Again, I appreciate deeper meaning stuff, but when I don't even understand the deeper meaning and I only understand it after a Google search, I don't give you much credit when it's a movie like Jordan Peele's Nope. And I understand the deeper meaning. And then I give it a Google search and it peels back more layers of the onion that I give credit to. Cause it's like you, you gave that underlying message good enough for the average moviegoer to understand but then there's deeper things. When you keep peeling it back, it's exciting. This wasn't that. It was like, oh, I never thought of it that way. Maybe it's an analogy. And that analogy is it's supposed to be an analogy of the Irish Civil War. That's the war that was going on during this time. They reference it multiple times. Yeah. Literally the ending, they say the war is done. They're at like a ceasefire. And the deeper meaning, according to this analysis, is that you know it's kind of like Colin Farrell. The, the two characters um, is like two sides of a civil war where they're literally destroying each other, you know, and at the end, it's like a ceasefire, but there's always still an issue there. And whatever, I guess, sure, maybe. But I still don't like, again, I would have never even thought of that if it wasn't for a Google search. Then again, I'm not an Irish historian. It's true. I gave it a nine. Oh, nice. <laughs> Land on the same score. Um, I just, I, I can't go any lower because I look at Plane sitting there with a six and that would feel wrong to put it in the same ballpark. <laughs> but I can't give it double digits. I just can't. In in Plane's defense, Jay, you gave that way too high. I gave it a three. <laughs> <laughs> I like how like, you're defending plane by saying that. Well, yeah, these are different moves. Like you could, you could have given this lower. Plane got a six. Banshees of Ed Sheeran got a nine. Okay, yeah, I'm with you. I I didn't even think of the Civil War thing either, but it's very, yeah, it works. You don't get that watching the movie, I guess. I'm I'm just a fucking dumb brain. <laughs> you don't know much about the Irish Civil Civil War. Irish Civil War. It have to do with potatoes. It have to do with the potato famine. You know, that's a good question, Ty. I feel like I didn't see very many potatoes in this Irish film. No. In, in, in Escherin, also a um, 
fictitious island. Oh, no shit. They made it up? Yeah. Oh, here we go. The Irish Civil War was a conflict that followed the Irish War of Independence and accompanied the establishment of the Irish Free State. So it looks like after Irish became, uh, Ireland became its own country, it went into a civil war. So they broke away from the United Kingdom and then broke away from England or whatever. And then started to kill each other. I'm sure there's way more complex than that. It says that United Kingdom was providing um, military support for the Irish Free State, which was pro-treaty forces. And the anti-treaty IRA was anti-treaty forces. Um, But the pro-treaty won. So I guess they didn't want to have a treaty with the UK? Oh, no. turns out the potato... When do you think this movie takes place, actually? Well, I know now because the Irish Civil War is in 1923, but I remember it was early 1920s. Okay. Potato famine happened in 1840. I think they're past that a little bit. The Anglo-Irish Treaty was agreed upon to end the 1919 to 1921 Irish War of Independence between the Irish Republic and the UK, United Kingdom of Great Britain and Ireland. The treaty provided for a self-governing Irish state having its own army and police. The treaty also allowed Northern Ireland, the six northeastern counties and a bunch of names i don't want to say were collectively blah blah to opt out of the new state and return to the united kingdom which it did immediately however rather than creating the independent republic for which nationalists has fought the irish free state would be an autonomous dominion of the british empire with the british monarch as head of state in the same manner of canada and australia and i think they just fought over it okay isn't it crazy like the uk had so many different colonies around the world and then just slowly lost them all yeah Real, real shit at leading <laughs> um, as the UK. Um, so, yeah, there's some analogies there. Visual cinematography. Look, this feels like a movie I'd watch in my film class. It's very pretty. Um, the colors are great. The um, practical nature of the environment they use. I'm sure a lot of these shots. You know where this was? I bet you this was filmed in Iceland. This feels like a movie that was filmed in Iceland. Okay. Um, I feel like they film a lot of shit over there. That was great. That all looked good. There was things like framing that I noticed. I'm like, oh, I remember taking notes about this exact thing. Blah, blah, blah. Um, look, it was a well-shot film. I don't think it was the best shot film I've seen. Um, I don't think like the sound design was anything worth note. I don't think... It, again, it wasn't anything that like I'm taking away from it. Like, wow, that was like innovative and unique blah 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 but it was still really good so i gave it a 17 one point lower than you i'm at a 16 um color looks great practical nature of onset and everything like this island felt very much like a small town island and and the way they shot everything looked wonderful um but nothing like it had a style i'll go back to stylistic intent like they're trying to film it a certain way but it's nothing that like jumps off and you're like oh holy shit like I, there isn't like really any memorable camera work and, and scenes and stuff like that. It's just very crisp, I would mm-hmm. say, with the way that it's shot. Yeah, for sure. And the, and again, going back to it being nominated for best sound soundtrack score, I don't remember what the category is. Just a load of shit. <laughs> There's just it's just violins. There's just people playing the violin. Yeah. There's nothing compared to. Do we ever actually ones. hear the titular song, "The Banshees of In- Um Yeah, I'm sure he plays it and probably what? right before he like chops off all of his fingers. And what's a banshee? Riley said a monkey. Is yeah. that true? It's like a howler, howler monkey. I want to say type thing. Hmm. Wonder what the metaphor is supposed to be there. 
banshee is a female oh i okay so (laughs) a banshee is a female spirit in irish folk uh, folklore who heralds the death of a family member oh so that one usually by screaming wailing shrieking or keening so that one creepy girl who followed everyone around yeah she was a banshee his music was about the banshees of anishran um, principal photography began in August 2021 in, in Inishmore, which is a um, island off the coast of... It is the largest of the Aran Islands in Galway Bay off the west coast of Ireland before moving to Akil Island later that month, which is the largest of the Irish Isles situated the west coast of Ireland. So this was just fully... This is Ireland, baby. You're getting what you pay for. Yeah, and they used like actual... Looks like they used actual like pubs and stuff and just repurposed them decorated them whatever i like that i uh this movie big time like shout out to it being a very irish irish movie um i had uh subtitles turned off for the past couple of movies i had to turn them back on on this i didn't know what the fuck they were saying they're always on in the reed martinez household tie okay hyphen you're still i think you're just trying to like slowly launch the hyphenated last name so you and riley can take it so she doesn't end up being uh, porn star name. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Different spelling. Different spelling. Um, no, I just, I didn't, they, they both, they used feckin' with an E and fucking. Yeah. At different points was, throughout this movie. It was a U, it was, I think, more. <laughs> fucking. Otherwise, yeah, just fucking. There's a fucking around. I think it's like the difference between F U C K I N and F U C K I N G for us. Like you're just fucking around or you're fucking around. You know what I mean? I think that was their difference. Oh, wow. Yeah. I can think of another. Yeah, we're not going to go there. Um, <laughs> key elements, tie. What is the key elements of this film? I guess some of the thematic elements is a key element. I guess some of the dark humor is a key element. Yeah. Riley laughed at this more than I did. I don't think I laughed once. Maybe once. No, you didn't laugh at the Who Remembers Mozart? And he's like, am I the dumbest one on the island? And they're like, no, him. Or like, yeah, but after him. You're like, ah, I don't like to, I don't like to talk to people about like that. Mm-mm. Look, I, I like slapstick, not maybe not slapstick, but you would I, prefer slapstick over this. I would, I absolutely would. I'm t- dark comedy is not my thing. Yeah, I do, I do find that I usually like dry humor and shit like that a lot more than you. Dry humor, it has like, it has its places. Deadpan, I like like deadpan humor. Is that the right word I'm thinking of? Maybe. Deliberately impassive or expressionless. This isn't really deadpan, but like deadpan's like Nathan Fielder. Yeah, that kind of humor. I love deadpan. It's wonderful. Um, I don't know. I just didn't find it that funny. And like again, there was the thematic elements there. I shouldn't say I didn't find it funny. I had some chuckles, but I didn't laugh as much as Riley. I could see why someone would find it funny though. But I maybe I was just drowned out in the boredom. I don't know. Again, I saw the thematic elements, whatever. I kind of just landed at 11. It's like they were trying to make a well-made movie, and it's well-made. But besides that, I don't really know what else it has for it. So I gave it 11 out of 20. Yeah, I think I definitely enjoyed some of the comedy more. I would wake up from one of my naps, and then I'd chuckle. I would chuckle a little (laughs) at the next scene, probably. Barry Keegan was very funny in this movie with a lot of the shit that he said um, in his supporting role Yep, uh, that he was nominated for. I look, it's it's a drama comedy type thing. Yeah. It's very slow. It's it's pretty funny. I don't really care about the drama because I'm I'm lulled to sleep. I landed a little higher than you at a thirteen out of wow. twenty. 
It was funny. Like, I'm not going to, like, if you tell me the same story, but you do, like, better pacing and add more interesting elements in the story, leave the comedy to the same. I probably fucking love this movie. Okay. But I just couldn't stay focused. But it was funny. Pretty boring. Colin Farrell throughout, like so many, so many different lines and things that he says in this film, like are genuinely really funny. And just like the dumbest shit ever that like you repeat it back, you're like, what did he just say? Like you think about it, like it it's very good comedically. It's just a terrible It's the pacing. It's it's I think it's entirely the pacing. Nothing happens, but a lot of the times in good comedies, nothing happens anyways. Yeah. I'm like, I just, I was so fucking bored. I'm going to quotes here. I'm trying to find some of the, the funny shit. Unrelated, did you see that uh, Apple TV said Ted Lasso season three, spring 2023? Did you ever see that? It was an Instagram post. I didn't hear what you just said. Ted Lasso season three, they said spring, coming soon, spring 2023. Fuck yeah, I can't wait. Again, unrelated. So probably March, April, maybe May. Is May still spring? When's the first yeah. day of summer? June is 100% summer. March, April, May. What do you think the first day of summer is, if you had to guess? You come within five days, January, I'll give you a February, penny. March 17th. Summer, I said. Oh, summer? Mm-hmm. I might have said spring. I meant summer. May 28th. June 21st. No way June 6th is spring. <laughs> uh, first day. What did you say the first day of spring was? January, February, March 27th, I think I said. 26th. March 20th. Pretty close there. Yeah. We don't have to have a stupid freaking hedgehog determine it. Actually, I think the hedgehog does determine. Or No, I hate Groundhog's Day. I'll just say that. The yeah. day and the film. Oh, have you ever seen the actual movie? Groundhog's I tried day? watching it. it was, I was pretty bored, but I was also like 14. So I have a more... Uh, diverse palette now so maybe yeah. i'll actually enjoy it i've never even tried not a big bill murray guy i think bill murray is the most overrated guy in hollywood i've said it time and time again good dude i think he's an okay actor and comedian and i've said time and time again i hate how the cubs 2016 world series win became all about him yeah that's a weird that is a weird one that you bring up a lot <laughs> i just don't get it like diehard cubs fan if you were if you were fucking famous as shit and you were the fan of uh the chargers like, you would want to be known as the Chargers fan guy. He's not the most famous Cubs fan. He's up there. CM Punk's a Cubs fan. Uh, not as famous as Bill Murray. Speaking of CM Punk, you know what's this weekend, Ty? Is it WrestleMania? No, WrestleMania's not until March. Fool. I remember we were going to get tickets, but I I knew it was around the birth of my child. I just never oh, I'm still probably getting tickets. <sighs> I want to go so bad. Royal Rumble. Probably my favorite. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah. Even is it still, is it 20 people? 30. 30 people. Yeah. Did they bump it or has it always been It's 30? always been 30. Except one year they went to like 50. It's crazy. Maybe 40. I don't know. I wasn't. That was like 2010-ish when I wasn't a fan. Look, do you think we'll get any, you think we'll get any like early, early thousands, the, the era that when I was actually watching? Any returns? Yeah. You think John Cena might big, be in it. Big Edge is back. He came back two years ago. Saw that. Yeah. He's been or killing it. three years ago now. I don't know. I'm, a vi- I'm like as casual of a WWE fan. Like... All the wrestling I see is like Twitter clips. Like I, I can't tell you the last time I tuned into an episode yeah. of SmackDown or Raw. Okay. But I tune into the Royal Rumble every year. Even like the 2018-19 range where I was completely out on wrestling. 
I tune in the Royal Rumble. Is it still? How do they do that? Is it still like a pay to watch type thing? No, it's on the I WWE like Network, streaming. which is now on Peacock. So but I yeah. get it. Oh, you just get it with Peacock. Yeah, it's part of my ten streaming services I have. So okay, that's not bad. Fuck yeah. Oh, I can't go April first to WrestleMania. I gotta go to night two. Got an April Fool's Day date on Saturday. Do you? Yeah, we started our tradition last year. We go to Burlington slash Marshall slash whatever. Oh, that's right. Buy each other ridiculous outfits. Riley bought me a very nice outfit last year, and I bought her a, a very ridiculous outfit. Do you buy these like while you're out on the date and then change while yes, on the date in and the car? Go, oh, I was gonna say it'd be really funny if you're like this year. Let's buy each other the outfits like the day before, and then we'll show up to dinner like that. Like I'll meet you there, and then the funny April Fool's prank is like you just show up in regular clothes and she looks ridiculous but we buy each other the outfits so i know the you whole buy grand her reveal ridiculous. thing doesn't i get what you're saying okay the grand reveal is you didn't wear the outfit <laughs> that's the prank yeah i kind of like that yeah i kind of like that you'd be so pissed but um <laughs> you'd be fucking up your tr- tradition literally the second year of the tradition i don't know how we got to this maybe that's like a 10 years down the road kind of thing but just keep it oh, in yeah. your back pocket i will that's a good idea ty i don't yeah. know how we got here Got to wrestling, April Fool's, whatever. Characters, Ty. Yeah. Look, this is a very well-acted movie. I like Colin Farrell. I, everyone in this film, I think that the performances are really, really good, and I think that's why it's getting a lot of the buzz. And like, I feel like the only reason this movie is somewhat palpable, <laughs> as mean as that sounds, like it's not getting horrible scores, but the reason why it's somewhat palpable is because the performances are pretty dang good, I would say. I think there's a, a character arc... Almost like you don't get a full arc, but you kind of get when you think of it in the thematic elements and the comparison and everything, there's like an arc. And again, I think it's acted really well. And is it the best performance I've ever seen? No. It's obviously worthy of getting an Oscar nomination. I still landed at a 17. I just maybe I'm blinded by just Colin Farrell's name, but I landed at a 17 tie. What blinded good, blinded bad, blinded good. I haven't given this high of a character. I've only given like not that many movies this high of a character score so so going back i think when i said it does parts of this parts of the movie are done very very well it's the acting yeah this movie has a best actor nomination two best supporting actor nominations and a best supporting actress nomination yeah everyone gives wonderful performances i think the character arcs of the main two work enough for me of of dealing with the one, like I said, it's the two battling ideologies and how they come to terms with that and kind of just fuck up their entire lives while yeah. Doing I don't know it. what Barry Keoghan's purpose when you think about the overall theme is. I'm sure if I Googled it, I could understand, but I my small brain can't understand it. More so. Not saying he had a bad performance or anything. I'm just yeah. saying. I, more of a comedic relief type character, but also someone you can feel sympathy mm-hmm. for. I, I don't know necessarily why they included that type of character. I guess weird that he's just got like an abusive pedophile. Sure, all that means father. something. Yeah, yeah. It's very anti-police that the one cop is like the villain of the movie. Yeah. Um, fuck that guy. Look, man. When every one of the like um, main, main characters yeah. are nominated, you're getting a twenty. Wow, you dropping the twenty bomb? You, it's got four fucking Oscar nominations okay. for the four main people. But and like they... that's the one takeaway is like Colin Farrell gives a very good performance and I is agree. emotional and funny, and the the fucking secondary dude gives a very good performance and is emotional, and then the sister's very emotional, and then Barry Keegan's pretty emotional, very funny. I agree, it's all very good. I gave it a seventeen. 
But are you giving it a 20 because Tyler thinks it's a 20 or a 20 yes. because the Academy thinks it's a 20? Had the 20 before the Academy announced it. That's a lie. I watched this last <laughs> night. But I, it's it's very deserving. Like, it's just every performance is done very, very well. The sister's emotional and she's got her own shit she's gripping with. Like, Barry Keegan's. It's also kind of sad and emotional throughout. While also being the funniest part of the movie. And then the two main guys are just very, very, very well acted performances. I agree. I just like I can hate the story and respect the the performance. I agree, but I'm capping it at seventeen. Four Oscar noms ain't enough for you. I don't go based on what the other people say. <laughs> I go based on what I say. Well, Ty. based on what I say, I agree with those four Oscar noms. <laughs> There's three movies ever to get a twenty character score from me. And you're laughing like you're being a little hypocritical. One of them's just ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know why I gave it a twenty. Two of them are understandable. That is The Wolf of Wall Street. Okay. Wonderful. And Marriage Story. 100% deserving. Love that. I'm glad you came around. The other one's got to be a Marvel movie. Is it Infinity War? It's not a Marvel movie. Ah, oh, fuck. Talladega Nights. <laughs> You're joking. Talladega Nights. I don't know what you gave it. There's a podcast out there where we review it. It's part of a finale for March Movie Madness. Um, and I'll say it. I'll stand by it. The acting might not be great, but there's some iconic characters in that film. Ty, there is there the acting. That's a choice. You made that choice. I don't have it on my list. I've been trying to find it. I very notably like sometimes don't go up all the way to twenty, but then also, you know what I think I also like too. This doesn't count for Talladega Nights. Um, I also gave Django a nineteen, by the way. Inception a nineteen. Marcel a nineteen. Um, oh, Inception 18, excuse me. I kind of like, like, when performances are almost like, kind of like the Joker, which we reviewed, but I don't have my scale, where it's almost like there's, like, kind of some weirdness to it, some over-the-topness. And that explains why I gave uh, Cruella an 18 for characters. <laughs> I don't hate that. That was a good movie. In Cruella hindsight, was that was a movie that you didn't think was going to be good and then ended up being very good. And then, like, looking back, you'd be like, oh, my God, I gave that such a but good But then if score. I watched it again, I'd you be would, like, I understand. You'd still be like, okay, now this it. makes sense. Um, King Richard, I also gave an 18. I don't know. I'll stick with my 17, even though some of my past scores are a little ridiculous. Okay. That's fine. I just... I can't wait to get Brandon Fraser's whale like a 12. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what movie still breaks my fucking brain trying to think of the character score? Lego movie. Nomadland. Yeah. That was one movie where I'm just like, there's no acting involved, but like, is that because she's acting so good? <laughs> I still don't know. I don't know. I don't believe Nomadland's not on my sheet where I have it all, so I can't tell you what I gave it. We, the listener would have to go back and listen to our review to hear what I gave it. That movie still, to this day, breaks my brain. Because it's just like, I feel like I'm just following this girl around in everyday life, like, but I'm like, is that because she's such a good actor? It feels so authentic. I try not to think about No Man Land as yeah. weird movie. I try to think about it as least as I can. Weird and you know movie. what scene always just comes to my head? The scene of her shitting in the bucket. Um, Only scene I ever think of. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> They're going to take the, her. I think she takes a shower or like a bath in the waterfall. It's like unnecessary nudity. Some creek, for that movie. Yeah. yeah. Thought you were going to go to that one. Unnecessary nudity in this movie. There is. Yeah. Just. Little little weirdness, weird dude just very early on, out. yeah, sitting in, in a chair. Enjoyment, Ty. How much did you enjoy this film? Not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm a twenty characters. 
So not a lot of enjoyment. Yeah, look, it's... I enjoyed what this film was trying to do. I can give it respect for what it did cinematography-wise and acting-wise, and I enjoyed, like, the comedy and stuff, but, like, actually watching it and actually... I can't recommend this to anyone. No. Like, usually there's some best picture movies where I'm like, no, that's actually, like, Parasite. I told everyone to fucking watch Parasite after watching that movie. Mm-hmm. The best movie I've ever watched. Still, probably. Doesn't rank number one on your scale. There's difference here. I don't, I don't know what the difference is. But We've still. never actually reviewed it on the scale. That's fair. I'd have to watch it again. That movie was ruined for me because I already knew the plot twist. I don't, I don't even know if it's considered it. a plot twist, but the twist. I don't think it ruins it at all. I can't even think what twist it is. I'm just kidding. There's a very obvious twist. Um, I landed on... This feels high, but it's like literally just giving it credit for like this looked very good and like the comedy was there and the performance. I enjoyed everything but like the movie itself. <laughs> I landed on a seven. I landed on a seven as well, Ty. Same score I gave Babylon for a lot of the same reasons. Oh, I respect some of it, but terrible. I just didn't enjoy it very much. And I can't recommend it to anyone. I'm just never going to recommend this to anyone. I, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Like, if you would have recommended this to someone, I think I would have ended our friendship like the characters in this film. That's fair. I wouldn't blame you for that. That would have been where I draw the line. Now, that being said, (laughs) this film, I do not draw the line. I actually gave it a score I have never given a film before based on my brief research. And that is a film below the line. 61 out of 100. Wow. I would give this a rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm pretty sure I've given this score out before. Yep, I gave the same score to Venom. Should Venom have been a Best Picture winner? Nominee? Maybe. 2021, pretty weak. I think it was actually 20. Yeah, 2021, pretty weak. Could have made a case. 65. So I very, 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 very slightly, narrowly gave that within the line. Would have gave you a fresh. Would have gave it a fresh. Okay. Just like the worst fresh you can possibly get, but it would have get. It would have got it. Um. There's just nothing I can do with that. That gives us a combined score of 63 out of 100, making this 113th film out of 166 films we've reviewed. It is surrounded by a whole bunch of movies that you would laugh at. Just a bunch of... Um, forgettable mediocre. mediocre ones. Kate, Stuber, An American Pickle. A half point difference. Uh, Dear Evan Hansen... Should be much lower. Dear Evan Hansen should be much lower. Are you just saying that because I gave it a better score than you? No, I, well, I didn't even realize that, but I just I feel like that movie like was like a Razzies swept the Razzies under the rug, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Weird fucking. Wonder movie. if the Razzies nominees have been out. I yet. mean, same thing with the one right below it, Wonder Woman 1984. We put that way too high. Say that again, sorry. Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah, yeah, that's another one that's way, way too, too high. high. Yeah. Uncharted, The Prom. The Prom. Is that the musical? Mm, yeah. Oh, I fucking hated that movie. That's way too high, too. You want to hear the Razzies nominees? I do. I forgot that that was a thing. I really hope we've we've watched some of them. We have. Worst picture, Blonde, which someone actually got a best supporting actress, I think I said earlier, for Blonde. Best actress, Ana de Armas, the girl you thought rise to the <laughs> scene who's been on the scene a while. And you well, that got a worst picture nom. That sounds. I heard the movie's bad. Good performance by her, though. Like she did everything. She couldn't fix the shitty film. Good morning, which is like more like your morning. Oh, is that about the death of 
What's that one guy Tom Hanks played? A movie star must choose between pursuing his one true love or landing a life-changing role in a film. That's just a rip-off of La La Land. The King's Daughter. And then two we've seen, Morbius and Disney's Pinocchio. Fuck yeah. I hope Tom Hanks wins a Razzie. Worst actor, Tom he Hanks as he's, Geppetto, he Disney's it. Pinocchio. No, he fucking deserves it. That was a dog shit performance. You have uh, Machine Gun Kelly in Good Morning. Fuck yeah. You have Pete Davidson, quote, voice only from Marmaduke. How bad of a voice performance do you have to give to be a fucking Razzie nominee? <laughs> um, then you have Jared Leto and Sylvester Stallone from Samaritan. Worst actress, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard from Jurassic Park. A bunch of stuff we haven't heard of. Or seen, I should say. Um, worst remake slash ripoff slash sequel. We got Pinocchio in there. Love Firestarters that. in there. Jurassic World in there. Pawns in there. Worst supporting actress. We have Adria Arjona from Morbius. We have Lorraine Bracco, voice only, Disney's Pinocchio. Um, two from the 355 and someone from something else. Uh, no uh, oh. no, uh, Jiminy Cricket in there for worst supporting well, actor. We're at worst supporting actor now. We do have Tom Hanks in Elvis. <laughs> Imagine he wins bat both. <laughs> worst actor, worst supporting actor. That'd be pretty fucking sick. Robert Zemeckis is nominated for worst director in Disney's The Pinocchio. Look, Disney's Pinocchio might, uh, it's got the six most noms. So only behind Blonde and Good Morning. That's fucking awesome. So good for them. The Razzies feels like an event we could maybe try to get into. Do you think we can get... Uh, is there actually a physical Razzies? I can't imagine there is. Who would go to it? I don't know, but I feel like that's the kind of thing we could like somehow backdoor our way into press passes for. Like, I feel like the reason that there's like an award ceremony for the other ones is like people go to accept the award. No one's going to the Razzies. Is there do you want to go to the Razzies? Real... I would love to. <laughs> um, I don't know. Do actors go to the Razzies? Parody award show. <sighs> Fuck. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it's a... Uh... Ceremony was held. <laughs> the first one was in the guy's <laughs> living room. He Wilson's living room. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> uh, let's take a look. 2023 Razzies. <laughs> Date. This is great radio. 2023 Razzie Awards. Um, 43rd Golden Raspberry Awards. It just says site Los Angeles, California. Fuck. Okay, we're going to do some research. I want to see location tickets. <laughs> uh, last year's uh, Razzies had a, a new special category tie titled Worst performance by Bruce Willis in a 2021 movie, which consisted of all eight films that Willis appeared in from 2021. That's fucking... That's awesome. Oh. On March 30th, 2022, Willis's family announced he was retiring from acting following an aphasia diagnosis. Yeah. The, the Razzies originally stood by their de- decision, tweeting, quote, Perhaps this explains why he wanted to go out with a bang in 2021. Our best wishes to Bruce and family but later rescinded the award in wake of public backlash. He can't take back his award. Stating that it would be unfair to Willis or any other performer to award a Razzie if the poor performance is due to a medical condition beyond the performer's control. No, you gotta commit to your bit. Like, you're not being mean. You're having fun with it. I feel like it's mean to 
rescind it and then saying it's unfair to give it to you yeah. because your performances were so bad because of your medical yeah. diagnosis. Like, what if he wasn't diagnosed yet? I, I think that was a joke, though. I don't think that's crazy. I don't know. That's, I mean, like, you're having fun with it. You can't make it serious because then it's not fun. Yeah. Then you just look like a dick. Yeah. I forgot Bruce Willis retired from acting. I completely forgot about that. Wow. We're going to figure this out, though. I have a feeling that there isn't an actual Razzies to go to. Yeah. Do you think they have people, like, announce awards, though? Maybe they hire someone from Cameo. There's an idea. They hire Tom Hanks. <laughs> to announce his own award. Yeah. And then in the following category, it's worst Cameo award given. <laughs> Tom Hanks <laughs> sweeps the, the categories. Uh, random Rotten Tomato audience score tie. I picked another movie that was uh, best support, not best support, uh, best picture nominee, but it did not win. Just like I'm assuming the Banshees of Inisherin did not win. Okay. Also, a story kind of about best friends, not really best friends, but friends, friendly, kind of friends. That is the film Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, they become friends. They care for each other. 1997. What did it lose to? 97. That Titanic. <sighs> I don't remember. That Titanic. I don't remember, Ty. The Titanic? I feel like that was Titanic. Well, Titanic did come out in 1997, I believe, so that would make sense. I feel like Titanic won Best Picture that year. But it's also 1998 is when the awards... No, 1997. Yeah, Titanic. Good, po- good call by you. Thank you. Um, It's audience score yep. on Goodwill Hunting. I don't know how someone watches that movie and says this isn't a good movie. That's a great fucking film. Seen it once. Don't remember much about it. Definitely want to rewatch very good. You enjoy you enjoy Matt Damon, Ben Affleck throughout. You then get um, ooh, Robin is, Williams. Yeah, that's, I forgot his name. Mm-hmm. You then get him, and he just gives like an emotional performance. I think his spoiler alert for when you rewatch it: wife dies, um, and that's like an integral part for like him and his grief stuff like that. It's a very sad scene. Um, Goodwill Hunting. People gotta like that movie. We're in the nineties, I think. Uh, we're going to square 95. Hmm, so close. I gave you a softball. 94%. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 94%. Tyler Wooten. Why did I go square number? You did not get it. You were close, though. You're pretty good at this. Ty, that's all I got for you. What do you got? What do we got for the audience next week? Next week, we could have reviewed Oscar movie. Um, we could have kept the train going. We decided against that. Uh, we're going to be reviewing the Netflix release movie starring jonah hill and eddie murphy you people yes um it's streaming go watch it releases this friday Mm -hmm. i don't know if anyone else is in that besides those two you people supposed to be like about like black and jewish culture yeah it's comedy not great review so far i'll wait till next week to reveal the uh julie lewis dreyfus now ty i will say the following week we have some banger candidates I'm going to be a Monterey that weekend, so I'm going to figure out when I'm going to watch these. We have three banger candidates. I've uh, yet to look. Let's take a look. 80 that for is Brady. Coming out. Okay. Maybe that's a good fantasy football punishment. Someone just has to watch 80 for Brady for like three times in a row. Love that. Or every day for a week. <laughs> Gross. The Amazing Maurice, which I've talked about before. Okay. That's uh, the only place you can watch that is Viva Kids. No, that's who released it. And uh, Knock at the Cabin, which we'll probably release. The M. Night Shyamalan, Dave Bautista film, which I thought was a streaming movie, but it's not. It's actually a theater's movie. I told you about it like last yeah. week. 
told you it was on streaming was completely wrong. I don't. I mean, you may have told me about it last week. It's been on the schedule for a while. I brought it up last week, and you were like, "Hmm." I, I didn't really remember it, admittedly, huh? but it's been on the schedule for a while. Yeah. Well, the following week we have Magic Mike's Last Dance. I don't know if we want to watch that, so we might just end up um, um, watching that. What the fuck do you mean we don't want to watch that? I was going to say maybe we do an Oscar movie instead of Magic Mike The Last Dance, but if you really want to watch Magic Mike The Last Dance, then... No, that's fine. You ever Um, seen any of the Magic Mikes? No. You lying? No. Okay. I've seen one Fifty Shades of Grey, if that counts for anything. Second one. Only the first one. It's weird that you jumped in the middle of the (laughs) franchise. But then the following week, Ant-Man and the Wasp comes out, so... Can't fucking wait, Jay. I don't know why I'm talking about the schedule way out. That's kind of your thing, but yeah. That's all I got for you, Ty. A little bit after that, Cocaine Bear might be the following week. <laughs> Unfortunately. That'll be a fun little run there. So, yeah. Um, the week of Magic Mike's Last Dance probably be a little Oscar Oscar review. Yeah, that's probably better. Ooh. You know what movie I'm freaking pumped for? Shazam! Fury of the Gods. No, I'm not excited for that at all. It looks terrible. One of the best trailers I think I've ever seen. Guns Creed 3. Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Creed 3. Yeah, the movie does look good. I haven't even seen Creed 1 or 2 or any Rocky movie. I need to go watch the first two Creeds. Because Creed 3 looks it looks amazing. It looks fantastic. Jonathan Major is going to be on a heater. He's going to be everywhere for a month. Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut. debut. Yeah. Can't wait. Neither can I, Ty. It's going to be a good time. Um, but next week, you people, hopefully better comedy than this. We'll see. In the meantime, be a good friend, everybody. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.